Is the weight gain caused by creatine permanent? What's the best way to get back to strength training after being sick? Why do we do biscuit Sunday every week? Can you build muscle in a bulk without gaining fat? If I regain the weight after tracking macros, should I go back to tracking again? The answer to all these questions and more in today's episode. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Digital Barbell Podcast. Our mission is to provide you with a clear path to health and fitness through education, coaching, and accountability. We are your hosts, Jonathan and Blakely Fletcher, and we are here to serve you. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe to this podcast and leave us a five-star review so that we can reach more people. You can find us daily on Instagram and Facebook at Digital Barbell. Now, let's get to today's topic. All right, guys, welcome to episode number 203 of the Digital Barbell Podcast. Thanks, as always, for being here. Happy New Year. If you missed us the last couple episodes, welcome to 2023. I've already... <laughs> it's like the uh, Seinfeld already, joke. How long can you say Happy New Year? I think Valentine's Day is the cutoff. <laughs> That's way too long. I've already messed up several times, written 2022, like in my own journal, uh-huh. sent out an email today that said 2022 on it. <laughs> yeah. Forgive me. I'm in the past. I have a funny, I have a funny joke for everybody. It's not really a joke. (laughs) It's about you messing up. You know, I thought that would be funny for people to hear. That will be funny. So we had to go to the bank and uh, we had all these papers to sign. And um, John, it gets to the time where Jonathan's going to sign his name and he like, he's signing it and he's like, I'm looking at it because I see something weird. And he's like, do you mind not looking over my shoulder? I'm like, I'm like, you're not signing on the right line. So he's like signing on the total wrong line, like not where his name is supposed to be. Anyway, the guy looks at him. He's like, I need to go reprint these. <laughs> I don't know. Why. He didn't have funny. a printer at his desk. It was like a 10 minute but thing. Then, and then he's had to reprint them. And then it was all like, Jonathan's like, okay, I got this. <laughs> Extreme focus. His sign on this line. <laughs> And how did it turn out? You, you nailed it. You, you signed on the right <laughs> Se- line. Second time was a charm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while since we had a podcast sponsor, but I'm happy to report oh, we have one back this week. Zevia? There you go. It's a return sponsor, Zevia. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> That's right. They're back, baby. You'll have to forgive the coughing. I did a thousand <clears throat> meter row for time yesterday. This is still with you Afternoon. For a day? I've been coughing ever since then. Sounds like a, I have a smoker's cough, but it's actually just extreme exertion. I call it burpee cough, but yeah. It's similar it can, thing. It can get, you can get it from other thing, other things other than burpees. Yeah, it doesn't usually last overnight, but yeah. it's hanging on. Well, it's, I think the air is super dry and polleny. And yeah, that's what I get for trying to like push myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Zevia is back. If you never tried Zevia, it's a great zero-calorie carbonated water. comes in like root beer flavor, ginger ale flavor. <laughs> I, I like the ginger ale or the purple one. I can't remember what the purple one is. It's just great flavor to The think. only thing... Um, sus, uh, I don't know. A friend pointed out to me that he's like, "Where do you buy these? You don't buy them with the carbonated waters. You buy them with the cokes." Mm-hmm. But they have zero calories. The ingredients are I'm, I'm reading it off my can right now: carbonated water, citric acid, stevia leaf ac- extract, natural flavors, and ginger ale extract. So there's nothing in it that I'm suspect of. It's just like, why do they sell it with the coke? Maybe because it's like a coke alternative. Maybe because it only comes in a six pack. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> 
Anyway, it's I'm not drinking. it's not I'm, found with the normal sparkling waters like Lacroix. It's like found with the um, the cokes. Yeah, but, so, you know, I think it is because it's like a soda replacement because they have yeah. like a root beer. They have like a Zevia, doc, a Doctor Zevia. You know? <laughs> right, <laughs> Doctor Zevia. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, thanks Zevia. Send us some uh, free <laughs> Zevia in the mail. We'll send <laughs> send you our uh, our address. Yeah. So uh, what do we have today? We have a Q and A episode, yeah. don't we? Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, let me, let's make an announcement since it's still January okay. before we get into the Q's and A's <clears> that um, we still have spots available for the special that we're running this month. Giant, join, yeah. Sign up and join a custom training program in the month of January and get a 100% free month of nutrition coaching either with myself or with Haley. There's no yeah. better way to supercharge and your results than to dial in your nutrition at the same time that you start sure. a, an amazing training program. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like you have been doing things for your training and exercise that aren't working, or if you're just intimidated to start because you don't want to get hurt, you don't know what to do, you've done thing, things in the past that mm-hmm. didn't work, and you're just kind of like, this isn't going to work for me. Now is the time to join and increase your capability increase your mm-hmm. chances of getting results by getting a free month of one-on-one nutrition coaching at the same time. Yeah. And we've talked about before about how like having a coach and having a plan is really the key to success. You walk in the gym with nothing with, with, with like not knowing what mm-hmm. you're going to do and man, you can waste some time and energy and like, you know, three weeks later you're like, okay, what, did I, what have I done? <laughs> right. You know, this is you working. have a coach that is looking out for your best interest is making sure that you're actually doing hard sets is making sure that you are, you're having, you have a progression to follow, you yeah. know, and that, that you're, that you have a training program with purpose really will make a difference. Yeah. And then on the nutrition side, our approach is all about <clears throat> meeting people where they are, helping them make sustainable changes to their nutrition that line up with their goals, whether that's counting calories or not, whether that is, um, you know, helping you solve problems around the reason that you eat the foods that you mm-hmm. do, helping you find substitutions for foods that aren't serving your goals, helping bring awareness to things that you probably don't even realize you're doing right now, and then helping you change those things, and then educating you along the way so that it's something you can go do on your own and maintain mm-hmm. the results that you get. So that's our approach. So okay. I'll put a link for where you guys can apply in the show notes to this episode. I have something off topic first before we begin. Okay. This is my question because I, I want to pose a question and I, for y'all to answer. Not for me to answer. Not for you to answer okay. for, for other people. You have, you don't have the answer to this question. <laughs> we're almost two years now living in this house <laughs> and we're on a well and they, every month that salt goes in and we have and a we, water soft. Our water could not be more salty. Like if you drop, <laughs> if you like get splash a little bit on the countertops there's just like white spots everywhere all our dishes look like they're filthy it's it's all, it's madness all of our dishes don't look like they're filthy <laughs> they have white spots they wear, all over they them they wear they wear quickly no, it but, seems like like anything with color will have like white spots all over it yeah. don't don't come here it's gross i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> anyway don't come here. two years in and this i have to say my hair has never been worse i'm having a major problem with like washing my hair here it's like full you know, full of the salt, I think. Is that why you're wearing a wig right now? <laughs> That's why I'm wearing a braid. It is anyway, tough. It is some salty I, If anybody water. has ever lived on a well for like a long time, did, you know, is I've there got, any advice for how do you wash your hair with well water? You know, we could um, rig something up in the shower with like a, a gallon bucket above your head with some holes in it well or i have a i have a, I have a plan because every time we go camping we get to use like city water which is you know crazy because you were like we're kind of doing opposite camping of most people we like go to camping to get <laughs> fast, fast internet. internet and better water and stuff like that but 
we, um, my, I'm like, Oh, this water, this water's amazing. So I'm going to fill up our camper before we leave this time with city water, bring it back in and just start showering in the camper <laughs> until I run out. And then it's time for the next camping trip. You'll have to run the water heater in the camper to, uh, unless you want to take a cold shower. Shoot, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I mean, you can't go in, in like a wetsuit. It runs off the battery. We <laughs> okay. can, we can make that yeah, happen. I'm going to, I'm going to try it. I don't know if this is a long-term solution, but <laughs> I was going to say, I don't, think since we've lived here that I've ever just drank the water out of the Ugh. faucet. I've always used bottled water, you know, that we get refilled. Yeah. I wonder if that water tastes salty. I bet it does. Hmm. We used to make our dogs drink it. And now we've switched them over to bottled water as well. <laughs> we're, it's like, it's way too much salt. We were in there. getting some complaints. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We better get to the question. Right. So that's my question for y'all. Yeah. Send, how her, do you, send her an email. How do you deal with well water? Okay. First question is creatine. Oh, sorry. Is creatine weight increase? <laughs> I'm having trouble with the way this is phrased. <laughs> it, it is phrased. <laughs> when you take creatine yeah. and you gain weight, yeah. is that weight increase temporary or is it permanent? Okay, that's the question. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay, let's do a quick recap of what creatine is in the first place. It is a naturally occurring compound that your body actually makes on its own and you can find in food. It's made from amino acids and it's stored in your muscles. Mm -hmm. You can normally, you know, for <clears throat> most people, will store one to two grams in their muscles as is just with a normal diet, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and the reason we supplement with creatine is that it's useful in helping us regenerate our body's energy currency, which is ATP. We break those ATP bonds when we do muscle contractions and we have a natural process to restore those, but we can make it happen more quickly if we have more creatine in our muscles to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Essentially creatine donates one of its phosphates to help that bond happen more quickly. So by supplementing with it, you stock up, you have as much as you can hold in your muscles and you just never run out. Having creatine will never hold you back from doing more reps in your workout. So that's the reason that we supplement with it. Now, one of the side effects when you first start taking creatine is as it is stored in your muscle cells, it binds with water. It actually mm -hmm. increases the amount of water held in the muscle. And along with that water that it binds with comes some weight. So you might see the number on the scale go up because of all that creatine saturation in your muscle. But this is not an increase in body fat because that's actually the water in the muscle cells. And this is a really good thing. Mm -hmm. It's actually having a larger muscle cell size is kind of a precursor to muscle protein synthesis. I mean, you have the potential to build more strength and muscle by having a larger size cell in your muscle. So these are all really good things. Now, some people get kind of like tied up in this mm -hmm. because they feel like, oh man, I gained two pounds. It's not uncommon to gain two to four pounds in the first couple of weeks, three weeks of taking creatine. So they start being like, oh crap, I'm, I'm gaining weight. Well, think about where you don't want to see extra weight in your body, probably on your stomach, in your face, in your arms, in your hips, in your thighs. Well, if you're storing the extra creatine water weight in your muscles, you're not actually going to see that mm -hmm. as water as like weight on your mm -hmm. body in a bad place. So try to detach your emotion in seeing the number on the scale go up when you start supplementing with it. Now, the question was, is creatine weight increase temporary or permanent? Well, once you stop supplementing with creatine, your body will reduce back down to its normal baseline levels of one to two grams. And with, with, as you deplete your creatine through regular exercise, mm -hmm. if you continue training that water weight that the creatine was making you hold will dissipate and your body weight will go back down. So 
sometimes like if we have somebody who is kind of like prepping for a vacation or something like that, we will cut creatine out a week or two beforehand, just in case there's any extra water retention mm -hmm. anywhere else in the body. It'll make you appear leaner to, to flush it out of your system. But if you're, tra if you're continuing to train and your goal really is to build strength and muscle, uh, don't worry about the extra water weight. And should you need to get off of it for whatever reason, the water weight will go away. So this truly is the saying, you know, it's mostly water weight when it's you get mostly on the scale. Water yeah. It's actually mostly intracellular water weight as the <laughs> saying goes. <laughs> so if you take, so if you take creatine for a year straight, your body will hold on to that for a year. Yeah. I mean, as you, you deplete it as you work out, but then you're restoring it when you, you so, know, retake the supplement every day. So long as you take between so, three and five grams of creatine every day, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what time of day, just creatine monohydrate, you will stay topped off on your natural creatine stores do and you, along with it, that water. Do weight. you know how long, like when you start to take it, how long does it take for you to kind of get mm -hmm. that initial like weight? Yeah, increase. it'll be a little bit different for everybody. And some people actually recommend like trying to get to maximum saturation <clears throat> as fast as possible with this loading phase where you have like 25 grams of creatine every day for a week. Mm. Um, I don't recommend doing that. Number one, it's not necessary. Number two, if there are going to be any negative side, set, side effects in you in particular yeah, in supplementing with creatine, you're more likely to have them if you try to load it in really quickly like that. So just start with five grams a day and build it up over time. And within a week or two, you'll be fully saturated. Okay. Um, and so you'd be then good you to go. just kind of think about that's your new normal weight and for sure are staying on it. Yeah. So like you said, you won't really be feeling it. You won't feel it. Like it's not like a bloated feeling and you won't feel it. You won't see it in the way your clothes fit and you won't see it in your body. You might see it in like muscle size. Yeah. Potentially. You probably won't see yeah. anything, honestly, because mm -hmm. if you think about you how many muscles scale. you have in your body, you don't get to choose right. which muscles. It's not all the... in the bicep. Right. <laughs> right. Maybe it's all in like your big toe muscle. <laughs> it's going to be spread out all yeah. over the place. So, um, yeah. Awesome. Now, now I would say like, if you are somebody who keeps track of your average weight from week to week, make a note in your, in your log, wherever you do this, that this is the week that I started creatine. Mm -hmm. Same thing goes if you buy a new scale, make a note because yeah. you're probably going to weigh something different with right. a new scale too. Okay. Well, I'm going right. to take a sip of my non-Zevia. I'll ask the question. Um, what are you supposed to do if you get sick during the middle of a strength training cycle? Good question. Mm -hmm. we, we touched on this a little bit in our episode about coming back from COVID. Yeah. Because those were sometimes some pretty long layoffs. Mm -hmm. I guess my advice would be to lower your expectations and give yourself a little bit of grace, just, you know, high level advice here yeah. about getting back under the barbell. Know that your strength probably did take a little bit of a hit mm -hmm. and that you automatically know you're going to have to reduce total volume and load and well, intensity. I'll say strength probably took a hit temporarily. Correct. You didn't lose strength if you were out for like a week or a week and a half being sick or something like that. You feel weak probably because you've probably been depleted on mm -hmm. your calorie intake, you know, yep. low energy, not moving around as much. So it's not like your strength took a hit, but you, you're not going to probably be able to go right back to the same weight you were doing right before yeah. you, you left the gym. Your body was using its resources yeah. to help you get well, yeah. not maintain muscle. So give yourself, oh, you know, a little bit of time. I mean, maybe even a week or two. To, to get back up to the weights that you were doing yeah, and don't worry about it. Cause you're not going to, you didn't lose that strength to just like give, give your body time to readapt. Yeah. The same process that got you 
strong in the first place up until you got sick will just resume mm -hmm. when you get back under the barbell. You will yeah. like, you will continue to linear, linearly, is that a word? Yeah. Progress once you get back into it. You just have to probably start at a lower place than where you started. Now, we're, we're but not, I think you, the thing, the, 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 um, where you left off on Yeah. That. But you'll be able to pop right back to that weight within like a week or two. You, you might have to start significantly lower than when you left off. Like just say like, say you're, what, what's a good number? You're squatting a million. <laughs> I won't give any numbers because it really depends on what yeah. you were doing, how we're, strong you are. We're purposely like, trying not was, to give numbers. What, the, what, what you know, what the program was, how frequent were you going to the gym on yeah. that thing? But you know, short answer is just give yourself a, a, a week or two to get back into the flow. Don't think that you've lost your strength, but get back, get back to it, get back to it slow. And we always recommend first getting back to the strength. And then if you were doing any conditioning, incorporating that once you feel closer to a hundred percent. Yep. All right. <laughs> is chocolate gravy and biscuits part of your Sunday morning breakfast? That sounds disgusting. <laughs> chocolate I, gravy. I had to include this one in because, um, our friend Daniel, uh, he's in Houston. We were actually on his podcast years ago. Every time we post a biscuit Sunday, Ooh. Daniel Thornton, owner of sign out. Oh, okay. Uh, every time we post a picture of Biscuits and gravy. I mean, biscuits and gravy. Biscuit Sunday. Biscuit Sunday. He's always like, you have to try biscuits and chocolate gravy. Oh and my, my response goodness. is always the same. That that sounds disgusting. That sounds really gross to me. Um, but I thought it would be a good chance to talk about why do we do biscuit Sunday? Because yeah. we don't ever talk about cheat meals. Our biscuit Sunday is not a cheat meal. I don't think thinking about your nutrition in any kind of form of <laughs> cheating is necessarily helpful for anybody. Yeah. But, you know, we, we're very routine with most of our eating. We make substitutions for different proteins and carbs, mm -hmm. but in, in general, we eat relatively the same type yeah. of things all the time, unless we're traveling or out with friends mm -hmm. or whatever. So, you know, I think it's important to have a balance between routine and then giving yourself some flexibility mm -hmm. and something to look forward to with your diet that's planned not a cheat yeah so this i've i've tracked um our biscuit sunday or my biscuit sunday right, meal your biscuit sunday you're, you're going <laughs> hard on these biscuit sundays so our my typical breakfast is like you know 350 400 calories uh -huh. and biscuit sunday breakfast is more like a thousand calories mm -hmm could be as high as 1200 calories if you go for an extra That's biscuit. That's a lot of butter. <laughs> a lot of butter and maybe an extra biscuit. But the point is that having a high calorie meal doesn't derail our health and fitness mm -hmm. and it won't derail your health and fitness. I made a post last week or week before about like special a high calorie meal at a special occasion has no power to influence your long-term weight or health. Mm -hmm. And then the bad news is your dog's birthday, <laughs> yeah. being late for a meeting, you know, getting a raise, the fact or, that it's Saturday or Thursday, <laughs> Thursday at the bar, those are not special occasions. Yeah. So having those high calorie meals does not make us gain weight yeah. in the long term because it is such a small part of our overall diet. Mm -hmm. So I want people to really think about that. Are you having your own biscuit Sunday, but having it like six times a week, but it's called something else that will derail your progress. It, mm -hmm. it takes some awareness and honesty with yourself, but it gives us something to look forward to. And you know, it's like, kind of a ritual it's mm -hmm. a tradition i guess you'd call people who come to stay with us or like <laughs> is, it biscuit oh, is it biscuit <laughs> is that why so many people come stay with us over the weekend it's biscuit sunday let's go <laughs> yeah and and uh i will point out the grand's frozen biscuits yeah. way better than the grand's canned biscuits oh, yeah. so 
Don't be hating on frozen biscuits. If you have time to make homemade biscuits from scratch, more power to you. But mm -hmm. these Grand's frozen biscuits in the oven, 15, 20 minutes. Ooh, so good. You know what I kind of want to try now that we're talking about biscuits is I grew up on the Bisquick where you, it's the powder and then you mix in with milk. That's what we made then, pancakes out of. But you can also make biscuits out of it. I guess That's it's heresy. the same recipe. Um, I'd like to try to make biscuits out of that. I can't, yeah, I guess you just make a little ball. It's like a little ball you must, biscuit. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. you must They're, they're not something. pretty. They're not like... They're not like cut out, like they don't look like biscuits. They look like little Pancakes. balls of dough. <laughs> well, that's what a biscuit is. Yeah. I guess the biscuits, they usually like stamp them out of yeah. them. Uh, cook, yeah, you have a little cookie cutter. Yeah, kind of you thing. have a little cutter. Yeah. So that's why we do Biscuit Sunday. I mm -hmm. hope that you can have something in your diet that you look forward to like we do. Yeah. Biscuit Sunday. Mm -hmm. All right, next one. I'm thinking about doing my first build bulk, but I'm nervous to gain fat. Is it possible to build only muscle? The dream. No, next question. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream we all I can, have. No. I can speak to this one personally because I am about 10, 11 weeks into a building phase slash mm -hmm. bulk phase. Ended my cut at about 157 <clears throat> pounds. As soon as I start, I switched right into a surplus, aka bulk, aka build. And my weight immediately shot up like two, three pounds in the next day just from like increasing carbohydrates mm -hmm. so much. So, um, in that 10 weeks, I'm up about seven, eight, sometimes nine pounds. So I'm familiar with the process. I've done this many times with myself personally and with clients. So, um, <clears throat> the thing about, so the question is, I'm nervous to gain fat. Is it possible to build only muscle? No, it's not. Yeah. Now there's things that you can do to maximize your chances of building mostly muscle and not gaining fat during the course of a, uh, a bulk. So we'll talk about that. And we have an entire blog and podcast episode about this mm -hmm. too. So I'll link to both of those in the show notes for this, but, but you, I mean, actually you just posted that picture of you on the phone at the Coors factory mm -hmm. a long time ago. And that was during a like quote bulk phase. We would of call yours. that like a dirty bulk. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I was, eat all that the was food. that's what I was bringing up. It's yeah. like you were going at it where you were just like, let's eat all the food. It doesn't matter if it's what it is, yeah, yeah. you know, I was having two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches a day mm -hmm. and yeah, I was probably in like a thousand calorie per day surplus yeah. for several so you, months. You put on some, <clears throat> you put on a lot of body fat during right. that time. And I've learned since then that that doesn't have to be the way Yeah, you don't have to get fat just mm -hmm. to get strong. Um, so, okay, let's talk about how we minimize our chances of gaining fat when we're in a, in a bulk. So it's going to take a calorie surplus to to gain weight, to gain muscle, to build strength. That means it's, you have to figure out about how many calories you're eating right now and you need to add to it. So your body has that extra energy to build new tissue with. You can't expect to build new muscle if you're not putting in more calories than your body needs just to keep you alive <laughs> and, and survive like what you're doing already. Yeah. So to, to build bulk with more, uh, with less chance of gaining fat, what you need to do is you need to manage your calorie surplus. You don't need a ton of extra calories to do what I just said. Somewhere between 10 and 15% over and above your maintenance calories or how much you're eating now is going to be enough if you're willing to be patient mm -hmm. and you don't want to gain a lot of, a lot of body fat. You know, if you, if you're in this process and you want to build as much muscle as possible and not gain fat, you need to be training hard. You need to be tracking your workouts. You need to be taking advantage of progressive overload. You need to make sure you're adding reps yeah. and weights to the bar. That's going to be the, the stimulus to build muscle. If you just put extra food in and you don't give your body the stimulus to build more muscle, it's more likely that you're just going to gain fat. So mm -hmm. train hard. If you don't have a training program, we know a company you can hire to help you with that. 
monitor your progress. Look at your average weight from week to week. Weigh yourself every day and divide by seven. See what your average weight for the week was. I feel like this, uh, I'm having like a relapse of that time. I drank too much coffee on this. It's <laughs> like every podcast. <laughs> I think like when I roll. talk a lot, my, I yeah. get out of breath. So Goodness. I guess I'm like passionate about this stuff. All right. So monitor your weight from average, average from week to week and look to gain about a quarter to a half a pound per week to kind of stay in that sweet spot of mm -hmm. gaining mostly muscle and not fat. <clears throat> the heavier you are, you can push more into the higher percentage of that. And the more you're willing to be a little bit uncomfortable with you know, the more you're willing to be comfortable with gaining a little bit more fat, the higher you can push that. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm okay with putting on a little extra fat during this phase because I am confident in my ability to lose fat mm -hmm. afterwards. And I'm enjoying the flexibility of not having to micromanage my calorie intake. Mm -hmm. I'm not tracking my calories during this bulk. I'm just monitoring my progress and kind of adjusting my daily food intake based on that. So, um, one other thing I want to say about going into this, the way that the, the person phrased this question is they're nervous about gaining fat. This tells me that it might not be a good idea for this person to even do this. They might just want to stay at their maintenance calories if they're coming out of a cut and just do the, what I just talked about mm -hmm. with the training hard. Because probably the most frustrating thing you could do is say, I'm doing a bulk. You start eating a little bit more. You start seeing the number on the scale go up. You start seeing a little bit more fat on your stomach or wherever mm -hmm. else. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. This wasn't supposed yeah. to be part of the deal. And you pull the ripcord and then you start dieting mm -hmm. again to lose that fat that you gained. You're never going to make any progress like that. You got to be willing to commit mm -hmm. to seeing your body change a little bit, <clears throat> knowing that you have the skills to lose that fat, yeah. fat in the future and reveal the work that you just did. So you got to have a healthy relationship with your body image is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So let's talk really quickly about how we go about doing this when we, when we both do a bulk and a cut, um, simple ways to do it is to just like add portions to yeah. each meal. So like in, for example, on our, for a breakfast, you will add either a tortilla mm -hmm. with the oatmeal and eggs, or you will add more oatmeal to just add more oatmeal to the pile, yep. you know, add more chicken to the pile, add more rice to the pile. Yep. So at each meal, you're just adding a little bit more. And then at the end of the night, you might add in like an extra, like high protein snack at the end of the night, maybe like yogurt with berries mixed yep. in or something like that with some honey drizzled over it. So that's going to give you those extra calories that you need. Um, and in a way that's a little bit cleaner and not yeah. allowing you to just like put on extra body fat. Same thing when you're ready to, to lose some of that body fat, you can do the same thing by just taking off some of that portions. That's, that's really the way I love to do this because I don't like to like miss a meal or miss a snack or just, you know, <laughs> not eat certain foods that, you know, yeah. so just reducing the portion and you really don't miss it. Taking off some rice off the plate, taking off some oatmeal, not having that late night snack. That's great advice for a long-term success. The, the worst thing you could do is try to completely revamp your yeah. diet to, you know, we're sometimes when we're transitioning into a, a bulking phase, we're only talking about eating an extra two to 300 calories per day. Mm -hmm. Big, big guy, maybe 500 calories per day. It's not like you're sitting down to stacks of French toast yeah. in a bulk. You're, mm -hmm. you're adding a little bit more food in. And the best way to do that successfully yeah. and, and maintain a healthy relationship and be able to transition off of this eventually is just eat more of the healthy foods that you're already eating. I think the scary part comes from two things, like the old school methods of 
the bulk was pizza. To pizza. Eat the pizza. Drink gallon of milk every day, like whole milk. Like it was. I mean, I used to like. I think like ten years ago, or whatever. I used to think like I wanted to get more muscular and you know do a bulk, but I was terrified of it because I didn't want to drink a gallon of milk every day, and I didn't want to just like feel gross from all the foods I was eating. So I never did one back in the day because I was too nervous about it. Um, and the other piece is like we kind of maybe look at some of these people who like maybe athletes or people on Instagram or things like that who are, you know, show what they eat every day. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of food, but you also have to take into account their training. So someone who's like an elite athlete of some sort that is like eating tons of food and just like, they, you also like they are training eight hours a day or, you know, and so you have to take that into account. So if you're just a normal person going to the gym one hour a day, five days a week, you know, adding in the 200 to 500 calories and then reducing it easy. You are not, easy, the, easy. You are not the rock. You are not Michael Phelps. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember when I think Sports Michael Illustrated Phelps, put out an article like showing mm-hmm. everything Michael Phelps eats in a day and it was like 7,000 yeah. calories? How many people went out and be like, I want to look and perform or like Michael? I in the CrossFit world, like Matt Frazier, like he's always been, you know, posting about what he eats and yeah. like, you know, just throwing down Skittles in between workouts and like, <laughs> right. you know. That's the missing piece. Know, yeah. But you also, the missing piece is the training. All right. <laughs> Last year, I lost about 20 pounds counting macros, but I gained it all back after the summer. I'm nervous to try again. Any advice? I love this question because this is something I've been really passionate about over the last couple of years Mm -hmm. is not letting macro tracking just be another unsustainable diet that you do. So first thing I'd say to this person is congratulations on losing the weight. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's hard to do. You were dedicated during that time. You had to make a lot of sacrifices. And I'm proud of you for recognizing now that, you know, you, you should be thinking about this. You should be nervous, you know, because what you did didn't really work for you in the long term last time. So I guess my f- first piece of advice to this person <clears throat> before telling them what I think they should do is ask them, what did you do with your nutrition during that? I guess it was about six months that they lost it over. What did you change with your nutrition during that six months? Besides the fact that you were weighing your food and typing it into an app, like did, was there something that you stopped eating a lot of, did you start eating more fruits and Mm -hmm. vegetables? Did you make more of your own food? Did you cut out soda? Did you stop, you know, keeping candy around the house? What was the actual behavior change that happened? Because that's the thing that we got to get back to. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily need to jump right back into the same thing that you did to lose the 20 pounds in the 20 pounds in the first place. If you didn't keep the results, once you stopped doing the thing. So that's my first question. And then I would ask them, how rigid were you during the process when you were tracking your food, you know, did you, cause macro tracking in and of itself isn't really a diet. You could do carnivore and track macros. You could do keto and mm-hmm. track macros. You could do weight watchers and track whatever, you know, what was it? What did you follow? Like an unsustainable protocol in the first place that you just kept track of in my fitness yeah. pal? Cause now that's something we got to talk about. What approach did you take? Cause it, yeah. you know, we know that taking a really rigid strict approach is not going to be sustainable long-term. So Mm -hmm. that's a question I would ask them. And we want the macro tracking to be a tool for you to like learn how to eat. We don't want it to be something that you like just put in what you eat and get a number at the end. And that's how you've lost weight. Because if you do that and then you go off of it, you haven't learned anything along the way. What we're looking for when you're tracking macros is like looking down at your plate, seeing how it's built, understanding what's on it, you know, understanding about how many calories you eat during a day and being able to do these things instinctively without 
putting it into the MyFitnessPal. Making the correlation between the, the actual food that you eat and what is the nutritional mm-hmm. value of it. That's why we start. We like to start people with the fundamentals of like understanding what is protein, what is carbs, what is fat, what is fiber, and then going into like, um, you know, make using eating mostly whole foods. How do you make a plate using the hand roll? So whenever you don't have a scale, you understand like portions. Mm-hmm. Then you, all these all these things are these tools that we use. And macro tracking is just another tool that we're using to like educate you along the way. Yep. And then in the end, the goal is to be able to just eat freely. Like and, a human and maintain, you know, you can, you can gain weight, you can lose weight, you can maintain weight without having to put it into a calculator Yeah, through awareness. Yeah. So I would ask this person or I would advise them before you go back to tracking, like you just said, nail the basics first. Mm-hmm. Do you even understand energy balance? Do you understand macronutrients? Do you understand how activity plays into all this kind of stuff? You got to nail that stuff first. And then number two, don't go straight back into having a rigid calorie goal and don't go back into having a strict protein, carb, fat goal. You're much more likely to be successful if you work within ranges and if you even potentially leave yourself some extra calories to play with Mm -hmm. on the weekend. And this is something I've changed my mind on over the years. I used to think everybody should just try to eat about the same number of calories every day. And that can work up until a certain point, but I've kind of become more flexible on the idea that purposely having more calories to play with on the weekend can lead to longer term compliance. And that's the most important thing. Mm So, you know, work within the 200 calorie range. That's good enough. You know, work within trying to get about 10 to 20 grams of your, um, protein goal. Maybe you don't even give yourself a carbohydrate and a fat goal to start because the most important things are total calories, total protein, and total fiber. Let your pro let your carbs and fat fall where they are and takes where they, you know, naturally mm-hmm. fall into based on your own food choices and give yourself more flexibility. That's probably going to be more sustainable. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, when it does come time to stop tracking food, and there should be a time when you stop tracking food, follow the process that we've outlined before of weaning yourself off of food tracking so that you can test your skills and your habits. You can always go back and increase how much you're tracking, you know, if if you need to, like if you're not being able to hold yourself accountable without it, but find, have a plan. So what you mean is like, don't, you know, pick two days a week that you're not logging, right? Test your skills during those days. Yeah. Um, then add a third and fourth day, mm-hmm. test your skills during those days. You're keep, you're keeping track of your weight and how you feel and your you know body metrics yeah. during this time. And then finally, release yourself from the tracking. Yep. Don't just like go on, on and off. Yeah. I have have a feeling that based on how they phrase this question that they maybe were dieting down for summer or something like Mm -hmm. that. And then something happened to where they couldn't log perfectly or they didn't want to anymore. And they kind of fell into that Mm -hmm. all or nothing mentality and just quit altogether. So that's what we want to avoid. We want to have a plan to, to wean yourself off this on purpose. Mm -hmm. And we have an article about this. I'm 99% sure. So I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Sometimes I eat at the cafeteria at work and it's hard to track what I'm eating. How can I track these meals? Well, you got to go back in the kitchen, see how they're making all <laughs> no. this stuff. Ask them for the recipes. No. I mean, I think, you know, this is, this is tough. It's tough. You know, when you're eating, when you're eating food <clears throat> that you have not prepared, how do you know what you're yeah. eating? And I think this kind of piggybacks off the last question is the first piece is understanding 
you know, the choices that you're going to make in the cafeteria, understanding already, like how to make a plate, you know, how knowing to, how what to, food is, yeah, knowing what food is, how to make portions out of like mostly whole foods, like using the hand roll, like what we just talked about. Do you know the difference between lean and non-lean protein yeah. sources? Do you know the difference in carb sources? Mm-hmm. Do you know how much fat can be hidden in certain dishes that you might yeah. not even be thinking about? This is like the fundamental stuff that will let you have a more accurate experience with trying to log yeah. what you, what you get out in the world versus yeah. preparing your own home. And then, um, when you are, if you are, if you are tracking these meals, like in something like my fitness pal, you know, make sure that you're not tracking, you know, you're not just trying to pick the lowest calorie of like the <laughs> list. Like, okay, I put in like, this is yellow rice. Oh, here's like, a hamburger here's, that says only has one you know, calorie. Yeah. Like don't, don't choose those. You can choose the middle range and you know, you're going to have to estimate on the portions, but you've already understood, like use through the hand roll, like what, what portions look like. So estimate on those portions and, you know, be sure that like, if this is, if this is something that happens on the regular and you are trying to track at this time, you know, don't let yourself like be like, Oh, I don't know what this is. I'm just not going to track because if you track it and you're a hundred to a hundred, 200 calories off, that's better than just not tracking it and giving yourself that mindset of like, Oh, this day's over. This day's, this day's ruined. We'll just eat whatever. And then go on to the next day because you're more than likely going to overeat the rest of the day. If you just throw that one meal out the window. And last thing is we always recommend when you eat out at a restaurant or any, any kind of food that's not prepared, you want to add some fat, like by putting in like, do you put a tablespoon of butter or oil into that calculation? I would even say, like if you're at a really fancy restaurant or, you know, sit down yeah. or kind of place, add a tablespoon of butter or oil to your food log for every item <laughs> that's on your Ooh. plate. So if you get a steak, there's a tablespoon, you mm-hmm. get a, um, sauteed vegetables with it. There's a tablespoon. One other thing on there, there's yeah. another tablespoon. And, th- and this can get emotional. I, I've, I went through this when I was logging, like you don't want to have to do that because you're like, I didn't physically eat a tablespoon of butter that I don't, <laughs> I don't remember just picking one up and eating it. And I don't want to see that. And I don't want this to eliminate things that I had, that I get to eat later. But just remember that you're in this for the awareness. You're in this for like the education piece. And so what are you, what are you learning from this process? You're learning that like, it is hard to eat out in the world when you don't have control. So when we eat out, when we eat at restaurants, when we eat, you know, things that we haven't prepared, it's more likely more fat than we would prepared ourselves. So the education there is like, the more I can control my own food, the more I'm going to have control over my own body weight. Amen. That's a great point. And the last thing I want to add to this is, I guess two things as you're going down the cafeteria buffet line, try to like pick as many foods that are easily identifiable so that you can actually visualize what's in them. If it's a casserole or a succotash Mm -hmm. or a menudo or whatever, who knows what's in that? It's going to be much harder for you to estimate, but single ingredient foods will always be easier to identify. And cafeterias are a great option, honestly, to be able to like, usually they have a ton of choices. Yeah. So you, you're, you know, you're not just faced with like, okay, that was, it's not like the lunch cafeteria at school where you're like, I'm given two choices, Here's the Salisbury plate. steak or the, <laughs> <laughs> or the fish sticks. Yeah. You usually have like a wide variety of options. So Probably even have some again, vegetables. Picking, picking out those whole foods is the way to go. And then the last thing I'll say is always remember that when it comes to not just fat loss or weight gain or whatever, but nutrition in general, quantity is king. If you're going down that food line and there's like a peach cobbler that is just calling your name, quantity is king. Mm -hmm. Go for a small portion. You'll still get to enjoy the taste, but you'll 
you know, have just so many fewer calories than if you just go in on the yeah, full, eat the full cup size serving. Someone else if they want yeah. it. <laughs> Identify what's high in calories, enjoy it to its fullest, but don't have a lot of yeah. it. And that'll help you uh, stay on track, whether yeah. you estimate and log it or not. Mm-hmm. That's just advice you can take with you. Yeah. Is that it for questions? That's it. All right. Enjoy uh, your Zevias out there in the world. And don't forget to answer my question about the salt water. Tell us about salt water <laughs> and come work with us. Join this month yeah. so that you can get a free month of nutrition coaching. You've been you list- won't regret it. You've been listening to these episodes, seeing pictures of our clients, seeing videos of our clients online. That could be you. <laughs> Definitely apply for coaching in the link to the show notes. We'll get on the phone, see if we're a good fit for each other, and we'll start working together. All right. You guys have a good rest of your day. Thank you all for listening. We truly appreciate it. But real quick, before we go, do us a favor and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. Be sure and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Digital Barbell for all of the latest and greatest free content. If you're interested in working with Blakely and I, we'd love to talk. Apply for coaching with the link in the description of this episode or by visiting digitalbarbell.com. We'd love to talk about helping you reach your goals with a training and nutrition program built just for you. Thanks again and have a great day.